Eyes Matt Mosley show, ESPN Central Texas. Remember uh, Common Grounds, one of the great coffee houses in all of Central Texas. And uh, right there on the Baylor campus where I just did my recent show. And um, when he's in town soon, I would hope we could get Jason Kersey uh, of uh, The Athletic right over there to Common Grounds for a good cup of coffee. Jason, uh, welcome to uh, to the show. I appreciate you being on. Hey, thanks for having me. I always love a good cup of coffee, so I'll have to remember that next week. Yeah, yeah, it's right there on the edge of campus, and uh, they have a special drink called the Cowboy that uh, okay. if you like the cold or they get the frozen cappuccino or they have all the stuff, if you just want the, the, the normal hot coffee, that's a good one, but that is Common Grounds, and uh, that's a great place right there on campus. All right, Jason, this is uh, – I was reading your column, and I thought, man, i gotta get, I got to get Jason on here. Uh, this is uh, – I'm sure the Oklahoma fandom was just – they're used to, even with this one loss, they're used to getting into this playoff. And now that they're undefeated and haven't had one of those early losses, I think there's almost this sort of – I don't know if it's a birthright, whatever you want to say, that, hey, we're at least going to be up there in the four or five range on this first ranking. Well, they weren't. They showed up at number eight. Now, Jason, when you first saw that, did you did you raise your eyebrows? Did that seem about right to you, or were you surprised? Um, you know, I was a little surprised that it was that low, um, just because they are undefeated and they are Oklahoma, so you sort of – Expect that brand name to get a little bit, uh, a little bit of preferential treatment. Not that I'm saying they should, just that they usually do. So I, I, I was a little surprised. Um, but then when you really think about it, I mean, this Oklahoma team has been about as unimpressive as a nine and team can be. Really, I mean, um, now they've uh, the offense has certainly been reinvigorated with Caleb Williams and, and the committee chair Gary Barta noted that last night when he was talking about Oklahoma. Um, but the defense has struggled. They, they've won most of their games by one possession or less. They struggled. They, they were losing 10 to nothing at halftime to Kansas. And then when you look at some of the advanced metrics, they, they, uh, you know, they're, they rank pretty low in those compared to the other top 10 teams. And so when you look at all those things and you put all that together, it kind of makes sense now. Oh, oh. And I forgot to mention their strength of schedule is pretty bad. I mean, I think it's 70th in the country. Um, now that's going to change here coming forward because, as you know, they have Baylor coming up next week. They have uh, Iowa State, which is a very, which is certainly disappointing uh, relative to the preseason expectations. But they're a good team, and then they have Oklahoma State, which is number eleven uh, there at the end of November, and then they'll have the Big Twelve Championship, I assume, against either Baylor or Oklahoma State. And so, all of yeah. a sudden, this can look a lot different in just a few weeks. This could look a lot different. And that's why Cincinnati is threatened by not only the teams in front of them, but the teams behind them like OU. If OU kind of uses that that tech performance and keeps rolling, finds a way to beat Baylor on the road, I mean, you're right. The the name brand aspect of this, there's no way in the world they don't leap. And I think that's why you came to the conclusion in your column, hey, there's zero percent percent chance and undefeated Oklahoma now the difference is there is a really good chance that a one loss Oklahoma team could miss out and part of that is yes. that you can you can lose whatever you want if you're Alabama 
But if you're from the SEC, and maybe, Jason, that's why you guys in Texas are wanting to go to the SEC. You could benefit from that, uh, you know, the, the unbelievable reputation. But OU, in, in its own way, has always been a little separate from the Big 12 reputation-wise, in a sense. Yeah. But I think this yeah. year it would be pretty much impossible to overcome a loss. Yeah, it is interesting that Alabama's first loss never counts, literally never counts <laughs> uh, in the eyes of the committee. It's really yeah. unbelievable. I mean, look, they're a great program, and they always prove it at the end of the year. But it's it's remarkable that they're number two. They're, they are exactly where they would be if they hadn't lost to Texas A&M. They would be number two behind Georgia, right? So uh, well, the first loss never counts for Alabama, but that's a different uh, subject <laughs> for a different day. Um, but, you know, uh, I, I do think that Oklahoma is in great position moving forward. I, I, I think that, like I wrote, I think there is a 0% chance that that an undefeated Oklahoma team is not in the college football playoff. Now, a one-loss Oklahoma team has made it several times in the past, and I do think that would be very difficult this year. They're already at number eight, so they've already got to climb a little bit. If they were to lose next uh, next week to Baylor, for example, even if they turn around and beat Baylor in the Big 12 championship game, uh, that loss, they'll drop from eight to probably you know 12 or 13, and then that's really hard from that point forward to get back into the top four. So um, I, I think that it's it's interesting because every time in the past that Oklahoma has made the college football playoff, they've entered these first rankings with one loss. So they've already gotten their loss out of the way. That hasn't happened yet. And I'm not saying it will. I'm just saying that if it does, I think that it's a little late and it would be kind of hard for them to get back into it. Talking to Jason Kersey from The Athletic, covers the Oklahoma Sooners and uh, watches that team very closely. You mentioned Caleb Williams, and, um, I mean, it is amazing, isn't it, the start of a season. Uh, Rattler going to be right there in the Heisman race. Every You never would have thought in a million years. And then the students start chanting for Caleb Williams. Uh, I think some of the national people said, oh, my gosh, you know, basically scolded them and and – Sure enough, he comes in and wins that game at Texas or helps lead that thing. I mean, Jason, this is this is honestly a storyline. You've seen a lot of interesting Sooner storylines. This is one of the more shocking ones, I would say, you've ever been a part of. Yeah, you know, it's really interesting, too, because last year uh, in the Texas game, Lincoln Riley also benched Spencer Rattler yeah. in favor of Tanner Mordecai, the Waco native who is now the starting quarterback at SMU. And um, <laughs> that was shocking. That was, a, that was a holy crap moment. But he brought Rattler back in. This time he didn't do that. This time he pulled Rattler and Caleb Williams stayed in, and we all saw what happened. And what has happened ever since? The offense has just taken off. He takes it to a completely new level. Um the, the offense had been pretty stagnant, pretty uninspiring for the first several weeks. And now the offense is not the problem anymore. Um, with, with the way Caleb Williams spreads the ball around, with his accuracy, with the, the element that his legs add to this offense, it really is like we're – I mean, I, I, you know, I know this may um, sound a little bit like hyperbole, but it really is kind of like we're watching those old Baker, Mayfield, and Kyler Murray offenses again um when, when you see uh, what Caleb Williams brings to the table well I mean you 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 had such a great run of quarterbacks you can't help but compare people to them and uh 
Um, I mean, in, in this guy, it's going to be interesting. The, the matchup with Baylor, because they, you know, they yep. obviously have some great defensive players. I think that's going to be, you know, you've seen some weird ones with Baylor over the years. A couple of years ago, sure. big lead for Baylor. Here come the Sooners. Overtime in the Big 12 championship game. Uh, I, I do think um, some of these teams, like Baylor, wonder if this is their the last trip in for some of these teams. And so I think you'd get a great shot at them from these teams anyway, but I think it's even a little more. There's something that seems to be uh, at hand. Have you noticed that when, when OU has gone on the road this season uh, that there, there might even be a little something extra with some of these games? I think, I think it was, it was uh, Manhattan. I think it was Kansas State where mm-hmm. at one point the fans started chanting SEC, SEC. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that, that storyline is there. It's, uh, it's on fans' minds. I think anybody who is not Oklahoma and Texas affiliated is upset probably about this because of what it, what it looked like it was going to do to the league. Now they've obviously added four new teams that, that will be joining at some point. But, uh, but, but you know, it, it really – that decision and the way it was handled – was uh, was made a lot of people around the Big 12 upset in administrations, but I think it made a lot of fans upset too because you, you think about Baylor, you think about Oklahoma State, you think about Texas Tech. Those schools, uh, you know, they they rely on Oklahoma and Texas. They're the big draws in the Big 12, yeah. and, um, and they've been partners for so long that I think a lot of people were really rubbed the wrong way. Not only that they did it, but the way they did it, the, the secretive yeah. nature, the fact the fact that it only came out because, you know, the Houston Chronicle broke that story. It wasn't those the, the Kirby Hokut and, and Mac Rhodes, all these people had to find out from the media. I don't think anybody appreciated that. So, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of angry people around the Big 12. And and I can't blame them. I really can't blame them. Is Oklahoma State. Is their almost attitude is like to heck with Bedlam? You guys are going to pull this stunt, uh, and I'm talking about down the road. Obviously, they may have to to play each other for two or three more years here until they're gone. But what has been because part of you wants to keep the great tradition, but I'm sure there's part of them that says to heck with you. I mean, if y'all are going to do that, we we don't really care to see you anymore. Is that is that sort of the sentiment that you've been hearing from uh, from Pokes fans? Uh, yeah, I think to some degree, I also think there's, there's a group of, of fans on both sides that would like to see the rivalry continue. Um, and, and look, uh, you know, as I, as I said earlier, Oklahoma state and Oklahoma have been tied at the hip for, you know, decades and decades and decades. And they've played every year, um, since like the twenties. Um, it's a, it's a pretty lops, it's a very lopsided rivalry, but it is important to the state, and, and I think those two universities being linked up has always sort of been important. They've always had good relations on the administrative side. And so I do think there were some hurt feelings. But I would also say that if you're Oklahoma State and OU is willing to play, I think it's something you have to consider. I mean, Oklahoma State has for many years tied their season ticket sales to the Bedlam game. For, for example, if you, know, if you want to buy Oklahoma State season tickets – or pardon me, if you want a Bedlam ticket and you're, you, you often have to buy an Oklahoma State season ticket. I mean, that, that's been like the marquee game for them. So I, I, I do think there, there's got to be some consideration to that. But at the same time, I mean, it, it might be hard when you're, 
they're not in the same conference anymore, and scheduling non-conference games, particularly one every year, can, could get complicated. Now, that's not to say it can't be done. Clemson and South Carolina do it. Georgia and Georgia Tech do it. Um, th- there's examples of it. But uh, I, I do think that the hurt feelings element is probably part of it as well. All right. If you had to say right now what the opening line will be, it, let's just say uh, Baylor in, in Oklahoma. Well, Oklahoma will arrive, obviously, with their same record, but Baylor takes care of TCU. What is yeah. the opening line on that game? And I would say I'm going to say OU by three. What, where, yeah. where would you where would you put it? I was going to say I was going to say four and a half or five. That's that's where I was okay. going to say. So I think we're in the same ballpark. I I think that's. Uh, that's about right because I, I do think that it's going to be a close game. But I do think OU will be favored just because they're undefeated, yeah. just because they are Oklahoma. They have won several games in a row in that series. So it's my guess that OU would be favored, but I don't think they'll be a big favorite. All right. Well, that cup of coffee will be on me. Uh, remember, common right. grounds. Jason, would you come to town? Jason Kersey with the athletic covering those uh, suitors. Jason, I really appreciate you. Hey, my pleasure. Anytime. Thanks for having me. There he goes. Jason Kersey uh, joining us on the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas.